When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WrestlingInc.com, Nick Hausman, back with another episode of The Winkly, and I am joined here, as I am just about every Wednesday, by my very good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Good to be back, Nick. Yes, it is uh, It is good to have you back. I'm glad to have everybody here listening back. Uh, we have a big show uh, planned for you here today. Uh, a lot of news from the past 24 hours. A very big interview. Uh, but before we get to any of that, I want to start the show by sending out our congratulations to the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, who has announced that he and his wife are expecting their first child in July. So congratulations, Angelo Dawkins. You have children, Justin, right? I do. Uh, the first one, were you scared? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's cliche, but it's absolutely true. I mean, it's it's life-changing, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, my girlfriend, we're not going to have kids. That's too much responsibility. I, I, <laughs> I don't know that I could handle that. that that's too much for me. Yeah, to, to each their own, you know. Uh, yeah, to each their own. <laughs> uh, also, before we get to all the news today, uh, I would like to announce that uh, as it was reported just about an hour ago uh, via Sports Illustrated, the Bullet Club Beach Party is coming to Tampa, Florida on April 4th. Tickets are going to go on sale. Uh, I think tickets go on sale today, uh, and uh, the VIP – no, VIP is going on sale today. General is on Friday, something like that. Anyway, all the news is over there uh, in the Sports Illustrated report. Uh, I'm very excited to announce that uh, Tama Tonga and his partner have brought me on uh, to help run this event. So I will be there in Tampa as part of the Bullet Club Beach Party running around, helping to wrangle people, making sure your meet and, meet and greet VIP experience is top shelf. So uh, come on out. We're going to have a good time for that. And uh, thank you to Justin Barrasso for running that uh, announcement this morning. And thank you to Josh uh, our wonderful social media manager for uh, aggregating that onto WrestlingInc.com this morning. I'm very, dude. I'm working with Bullet Club now, Justin. That's awesome. Look at you. I know. I know. I actually, I tweeted out a photo just this morning announcing that it's over on social media. I've been sitting on this thing since like September. It's me and Tama Tonga, uh, but Tama is sitting on the Triple H throne that Cody Rhodes had commissioned for uh, All Out. And uh, I'm like uh, his court jester on the side there. Uh, we uh, I, saw, I saw that picture. Very cool. You know, I my, I myself was a uh, honorary member uh, and manager of the Bullet Club for a night when uh, managing uh, 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 Luke Gallows and the and the Bullet Babe at the time, Amber O'Neill. Wonderful. Come on out. I'll, I'll kick your ass in some cornhole. We'll we'll do it the way that you do it at a beach party. You you don't fight. Hey, you know, those right? are fighting words, Hausman. I'll kick your ass in some cornhole. I'm good. I'm Midwest strong. I, I know how to do things. So anyway. You got that farmer strength. Farmer strength, right? Chucking bales of hay over my shoulder. Um, all right, let's get to the show here today. Uh, we do have a lot of news to get to here, but after the news, uh, you are going to get to hear uh, a big interview. We have Impact Wrestling 
world heavyweight champion Sammy Callahan on the show here today. Uh, he's in a particularly surly mood in this interview, so uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and also, uh, Raj has decided to send my uh, send me out to Dallas this weekend. MLW is going to present Zero Hour in Dallas on Saturday night. Impact Wrestling is going to present Hard to Kill on Sunday night. I'm getting in Saturday morning. Uh, I'm leaving Monday afternoon. I'll be attending both shows. Uh, I will be doing uh, on-site coverage. We'll have coverage on the site as well. And I'll be sourcing some more interviews that you'll be able to hear here on the show and watch over on our YouTube channel. So uh, if you're in Dallas, look out for me. Dude, I'm geeking out. I'm so excited as a Texan. I get to go see the Von Erichs in Dallas. That's awesome. I never thought that the day would come. So, uh, And, of course, uh, Sammy's going to take on Tessa Blanchard at Hard to Kill, which is a, a very hotly anticipated bout. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to it here. News you can use. News that'll leave a bruise, uh, and this one uh, certainly left a bruise. This one was hard-hitting here. Uh, last night, The Miz was on WWE backstage. Uh, we'll start with that. I'll, I'll, I'll get to the headline here in just a second. So, um, Miz appeared in studio last night with Renee Page and Booker T. Uh, he made a comment uh, to Page. He said, oh, yeah, uh, we are done now, as he's taking off his microphone. He goes, it was great. It was amazing. I feel like it was the best WWE backstage episode ever. It was the best was it the best ever? And then he continued to chat back and forth. Uh, Page name dropped the first episode. It was very good. Or um, uh, he said, what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean in and around? Name one episode that was better. Name one. Uh, oh, Renee mentioned the first episode. Uh, and then Miz said, oh, sorry. I didn't change the culture. My bad. My bad. Well, of course, that line there was a reference to CM Punk's debut episode. I guess what Miz is getting at here is that his episode was uh, more enjoyable or more uh, hotly anticipated than the uh, original debut of CM Punk. Uh, and he was taking a shot there at the, at the line uh, Punk made when he originally debuted on WWE backstage, where he said, uh, it's as simple as this. Just when you think you've got the answers, I change the culture. So I guess Miz chiding Punk a bit here on WWE backstage uh, was enough for Punk to tweet the following. I'm going to read it in full. Uh, if you have sensitive ears or children in the room, maybe a good chance to mute. CM Punk tweeted at them is, go suck a blood money covered dick in Saudi Arabia, you effing. Of course, he wrote it out, though. Dork. Uh, very stiff words here. Miz has not responded to the tweet. Punk has actually deleted the tweet. Uh, he deleted it sometime between 2 a.m. and 2.32 Eastern uh, a.m. Uh, what do you think of uh, this exchange here between Miz and Punk, Justin? It's a true story. The first thing I saw this morning, I literally I rolled over, uh, turned the alarm off of my phone, I uh, saw that I had uh, some text messages, and one of the text messages was a screen grab from somebody showing me this tweet from Punk, which we then, as you said, since deleted it. And so, of course, I started my morning uh, as I'm still laying in a bed laughing uh, very hard just because <laughs> that just reads hilarious when, when you read that sentence out loud. Um, man, uh, it's a... Uh, Take a number, another person line. I mean, it, it's like it's like ever since Punk has like come out of his hole and he's now you know at least you know on the periphery of the wrestling world again. You know, doing this uh, doing this uh, Fox show about WWE. You know, Seth Rollins trying to trying to it's, you know taking some some lines, trying to coax Punk into something. Miz taking some doing some trolls uh, work here. It's it's like it's like everybody's like everybody's trying to uh, you know position themselves to to get to do business and get to be part of the great anticipated return that we all think eventually will happen uh from cm punk so this is <laughs> just, what, what, what i mean did, nothing much more to say but laugh about it. what did what what did punk think was going to happen though right like you come back you're on wwe backstage you're 
you're back in that bubble. I mean, do you think that the wrestlers are just going to play nice with you? Everybody's going to like bend to your whims and make you feel comfortable all the time. Uh, that's not how pro wrestling works, right? Like for me, the thing about this situation with Punk is it. I don't know. I think that he he it's it's unfortunate to me he's not going to be able to be really I think authentically himself in this space and he's starting to realize that, right? Like this is the joke he made, this is the comedy he made. He wanted to go after the Saudi Arabia stuff. I'm sure he got a phone call or whatever it was that asked him to get rid of it and now he's back in that bubble. You know what I mean? Like he can't really say and do whatever he wants because obviously there are lines here and if he crosses them, uh people are going to make him walk it back. And I, I don't know. That's just not it's not really what he has been hyping and promising to deliver here. And I, I, I don't know. People give uh, everybody involved in the show. It's like, what do you what can you can, can you not comment on WWE backstage? What's in that realm? I don't know, man. Like it, it, to me, it's like if you're going to be in this space uh, and you're not going to be willing to jaw jack with wrestlers um, and, uh, you know, uh, carry it out in a fun way, if it's all going to be. You got to go to the most extreme and, and 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 say this kind of stuff and then have to walk it back. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem worth it to me for him to kind of be in this space right now. I don't know what he's get, I don't know what he's getting from it. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you would think he he he's already realized like all right, you might as well just you might as well just commit to it all and just get back in the mix. You know, where trash talking will make you money and you, there can be a payoff and you can draw people in. You know, yeah. in, into the into the building, right? Um, yeah, but we don't you know, look. It, 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 the tweet's been deleted. You know, we don't know what you know, if it's his own decision. If, if, if Fox or somebody said, "Hey, can you please?" You know, whatever. Um, so we don't know, and we don't know what his he. We don't know what his tone was when he wrote it. He could have been writing and laughing, like you know, just just you know, finding it humorous and was just going to fire back, well, or he well, could have had a a stern look on his face and was pissed off and and offended. We we don't know, you know. So if if, if you're WWE. And like, okay, Punk doesn't work for us. He works for Fox, but we have a deal with Fox. And you see a guy like Punk going out, uh, dissing the Saudi deal, right? Which is, again, I don't want to argue the point, like the merits of it, you know, whatever. But he's 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 towing the line here, saying he's using foul language. He is uh, assailing them for this relationship they have with Saudi Arabia. If I'm Vince McMahon or Triple H, hell yeah, I'm calling Fox. And I'm like, is this the guy you want out there talking about our product right now? I thought we had a billion-dollar deal. Um, I, I mean, it, just moments like this remind me that Punk is in their bubble. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to take it, if that makes sense. And, and again, I just take I, – I you know, you're probably right. That, that probably is a reaction from from Vince and, and, and top WB guys is, is, is you know, yeah, Fox, we, we're, 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 we're in this kind of a deal here. Like, don't you – you know, and again, it makes me just want to go. If, if it makes me think that again, if you're Vince Triple H, if you're if you're a decision maker in the WB, you're like, well, damn it, if we're gonna have them talk trash, we might as well again be profiting off it to the point of where we can build to a match, build to an event. So, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what this, I don't know what this next, you know, this is a, this is one more chapter in the great saga. I don't know what this chapter does in terms of help hurting, uh, slowing, uh, speeding up the process, if there is a process of of Punk ever. Again, back in a WB ring. Right. I don't and, know. And, and here's the thing: is I think again, like what Punk, what Punk is uh, kind of hyped or, or has been telling people is, I work for Fox. I can say whatever I want. WWE doesn't have a say. I think that this is a, a moment where you see the line in the sand, right? Like you can't get away with that. Like if you're gonna work, if you're gonna work and cover the company, like if you're if you're an NFL analyst, if you're Troy Troy Aikman, right? You're not gonna be like, 
Oh, man. Uh, uh, all these concussions, I'm glad we've been turning a blind eye to them. It sure makes the game a lot more smooth and fun. Like, you can't, I mean, like, you're going to get a call. You can't say that stuff, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 again, I, I don't, you're right. I mean, all, all, everything you're saying is right. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, who know, who knows what Punk's reaction is right now? Maybe, maybe he's saying, "Oh, screw this Fox thing." Or, or, you know, more interestingly enough, he's. I think they made it public, right? He's coming back on the backstage later this month. You know, well, <laughs> there's a chance for him to, to 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 defend his comments if he wants to. I guess. Do you think that he may personally feel a little let down by the return? Because you know, we when when he said he was coming back to WWE backstage, and we were talking originally, we were thinking there may be a significant spike in viewership, and really. That significant spike never materialized, right? I, I no, because he hasn't. Yeah, no, because he hasn't been consistently on for whatever reason. I, and I'm sure it's not Fox. I mean, unless unless he's getting paid on a per appearance basis, which he might be. We don't know how. We have no. Or at least I have no details about how that works uh, with with his deal with Fox. Unless he's getting paid on a per appearance basis, and the fee is such. Is so high to where Fox is like, all right, we're only gonna have him on like you know once a month, you know, we, we, you know, like, but I, I don't see that happening. I, I, I think Fox would have would 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 have you know if they're paying a billion, you know, what's 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 a few more million at the most uh, to make sure you have Punk on your programming. You know, I would think Fox would want him on every single week. So I don't know if him being on so sporadic. I assume it's his choice. I assume it's his choice either because he doesn't want to leave his. His 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 apartment in Chicago every single week and go to L.A. or because he does have other things he's doing, filming movies, whatever, and so you know he's only willing to to detour from that schedule one Wednesday a month. I don't know, or or excuse me, one Tuesday just, a month. I don't know, but it, yeah, it's been a letdown because it's 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 like he just ran. Like there's no there's no destiny. Like I don't tune into it every week. I, I like the show and I do see it, but like it's not destination programming yet. Yeah. Um, one because you don't have the okay, Punk's going to be on every week. What's he going to say this week? And and as we've talked about at length on the on, on this podcast, you know, it's on a Tuesday night randomly with no wrestling leading into it. It, it. So it's just in a very awkward spot. I don't on a you know 11 p.m. Um, I, I just I I just I don't I, I realistically I just don't know how long this can last. Right? If this is the kind of real ill will that Punk is carrying to this moment, uh, he, he doesn't want to get into the jaw jacket. He doesn't want to work to a match. Uh, I just, I don't know, man, this doesn't seem tenable for a long-term situation to me. And I do wonder if it's like he came in and he thought that he was going to get that 500,000 million people tuned in. Look at my value. Look at my worth. It didn't materialize. And now he's like, well, if that's not the part that I'm going to, uh, you know, be able to take advantage of here, well, at least maybe I can be more outspoken. I could toe that line and maybe that's not going to work out because having to delete these tweets now, it just doesn't seem tenable to me. At the, at the current uh, situation, I don't know how the, I don't know how long this could go, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, if 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 he does feel like he's being censored, it can't be who he wants to be and say whatever he wants. And if he truly does not want to, you know, do the old wrestling thing where we take where we where we where we where we're working each other and we're jawjacking uh, with some some realism behind it. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't, then yeah, I don't know what he, I don't know, then I don't know what, where, where is a good what's space it, for him to be? <laughs> you know what I mean? What, I don't know. You know, he, or maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe call Tony Khan and then back and well, see he, what they but have. But that's, the, that's the thing, man. It's like, I don't think you can do that now. Like you can't go back, <laughs> you can't go back to the, uh, the, the negotiating table with Tony Khan and be like, Hey, you know what? I know I turned you down last time to go try this thing out, but that thing didn't work out. But I'd like the deal you offered me before. Hell No. That's not how that's going to happen, and and I I just I wonder, it does you know what uh, what is this guy's love for pro wrestling? What does what does he want to do? What is he trying to accomplish here? This all just seems very weird to me, 
and untenable. And I just don't know. I don't know how much longer it can last. It seems very odd to me. So anyway, um, on the note of CM Punk, though, uh, it looks like WWE fans are finally going to get the WWE ice cream treats that CM Punk demanded the return of back in 2011. Uh, The Good Humor Ice Cream Company has added the new WWE ice cream treats to their website. Uh, But these are not the ice cream bars that have been mentioned over the years. Uh, These new items are cookie sandwiches with ice cream in the middle. Of course, the original ones were on a stick. Uh, The box bills them as vanilla frozen dairy desserts between two vanilla wafers. Uh, They come in boxes of four featuring, uh, um, you know, uh, some kind of edible ink print of Roman Reigns, John Cena, Becky Lynch, or Randy Savage on your ice cream bar. Uh, And there's no word yet on when they'll be released or if they're already out. Uh, There was a search function that we uh, were able to look at, and it doesn't seem like uh, if they are available, they're within 100 miles of any major uh, uh, media spot. But there you go, man. The return of the ice cream bars. He did did it, man. It took him 10 years, but maybe this is what it was all about. Well, the real real, real strategic troll move would have been if WWE would have got the ice cream bars back uh, right about when they sent uh, Punk his papers. Uh, there in 2014, and, and and everything was uh was falling apart. Um, yeah, ice cream bar. I, I used to love the ice cream bars on a stick. You know, I, I'm not I'm not a big sweets person. I never have been, but I, I did like uh, you know, I love those ice cream bars, and and you know, always trying to get the different wrestlers, and you get like the you know, the, you know keep the boxes or the card that was inside of the wrestlers, and out of, out, of, out of today's current talent that'll be on these new ice cream sandwiches. Which which WWE talent would you like to eat, Nick? Oh man, which well, I mean, uh, who which WWE talent do I want to eat? Otis, right? Like that's a food based wrestler at the moment. Um, it seems soft. Uh, what if on all the ice creams though is a uh, pure measure of revenge? Punk is getting beat up by all of the wrestlers, so it's like Roman Reigns spearing Punk. Here's John Cena giving CM Punk the AA. Here's Triple H giving Punk the the pedigree. That could be a nice. It's a nice little jam. Yeah, I feel like if they put, I feel, I feel like if they put one out right now with uh, the the Miz giving him a, a skull crushing finale, I think that would be a hot seller, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that one would move. Uh, all right, uh, let's get away from CM Punk here. Uh, let's talk about Brock Lesnar at WrestleVotes reporting uh, that Lesnar was put in the Rumble match as a way to set up his WrestleMania match. A doi, of course. Uh, it was speculated that we could see Lesnar versus a WWE NXT or SmackDown superstar. Uh, but it has been reported that there is no truth to the rumors that it's going to be Cain Velasquez versus Lesnar or Tyson Fury versus Lesnar happening at WrestleMania. Lesnar's WWE title will be on the line in the Rumble match, uh, but Lesnar will not be winning the Rumble. So um, I'll go to you first. What, is it, what does this mean to you? Reading the tea leaves, what do you think, what do you think they're setting up here? What do you think is going to happen? Well, hopefully there is truth to that there is that, that, that Velasquez versus Brock or fury versus brock at mania is not even a consideration hopefully that's the case and hopefully that that just cements what i kind of always thought which is vince thinks those attractions and those matches are fine to appease saudi arabia and to give to give a marquee you know with some mainstream you know but but right now neither of those two are fit for vince's baby which is wrestlemania so thankful for that um yeah, I mean, obviously, yes. Yeah, like I said, duh. I mean, when they when they put Brock in the Rumble, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a way that can naturally you know, that can spawn his his next his next uh, feud, his next opponent. I mean, and I like it because you know, I mean, yeah, it's a little weird. The champion's going to be in the Rumble, but and and the title's not on the line at least at least not up to this point. Um, but I like it because I would rather this where it offers up so many chances for him to mix it up for a few moments with people we haven't seen, you know, fresh fresh people we've never seen him mix it up with, you know, Matt Riddle. Um, Alistair Black, you know, even Big E, 
you know, so I like that uh, attraction to it. And yeah, it opens up so many possibilities of, you know, who's the person who eliminates him, what happens. And that could then, you know, turn into, you know, his, his, his mania match. I, I like it. Um, it, I, I, I prefer that over him having, you know, just a, a, a BS throwaway one-on-one title match. That's a squash match. You know, you know I, I prefer that versus them drumming up some opponent. They, they get some opponent, you know, some big wins here in the next few weeks only to go in there and, and just, you know, be, be victim of suplex city. So I would rather this use of Brock Lesnar. I'd rather have him out there for an hour long match um, where we can see it basically be like a giant gauntlet where Brock's in first and, and then just a gauntlet. I, 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 I'm fine with that. Um, and then it begs the question, yeah, who is it? Cause it's probably, as you said, it's probably a SmackDown or NXT person uh, or, or somebody who's currently on NXT and SmackDown. That would make sense uh, because it's, it's, it's a way to get them from the other show in the mix with Brock. Um, who's, who's a raw superstar. Yeah, you know, and the first name you said there of uh, interesting people to watch Lesnar mix it up with, and when I, and I'm reading this year, and they're like, well, it could be an NXT star or a SmackDown star that that eliminates Lesnar, setting up a WrestleMania match. Man, if 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 they really wanted to strap the rocket to an NXT superstar that would have a great WrestleMania match with Brock Lesnar, hard to argue Matt Riddle would not be the right person for that. And uh, this would be a unique way to set it up if Riddle were able to figure out a way to eliminate Lesnar he's openly talked about how he wants that match um I don't know that it's necessarily a passing of the torch type match because I think Brock will be around for at least another five years um but it's certainly a way to uh legitimize and uh, give some credibility to another performer that's in the same vein as Brock uh and I and I, I would imagine Paul Heyman is a a very big Matt Riddle fan he just screams Paul Heyman guy to me Sure, and, and so I mean, uh, you know, we're we're still a little we're still a little ways out. <clears throat> still, you know, several weeks from <clears throat> from <clears throat> excuse me from Rumble. Um, so does I mean, but but by our hypothetical booking, if whoever if if whomever Brock ends up having the big issue within the Rumble match, and that's that's what leads to his WrestleMania match, and Brock will presumably still be uh, still be champion, still be the WWE champion, uh, and that'll be the WWE championship match. Does that mean that whoever wins? Like, do you think that person that he has a match, you know, that person that eliminates him is the one that wins the rumble, or do you, or, or do you think the person that wins the rumble is who challenges the fiend, and then this whole Brock thing will just be a, a separate subplot inside of the rumble? If, if I had to guess, I think the subplot route. I would think somebody eliminates Brock, then that person gets eliminated quickly by two or three people, setting up uh, the Lesnar match, and then whoever wins the bout would go on to face the fiend, and that's just me. I, I was I had Weissman on the show yesterday. We did like a choose your own adventure thing where there was like seven directions you could go, you know, with with the booking of this match. But I think the easiest way to do it would have to be uh, having somebody like Riddle eliminate Brock, having that moment and then Ciampa and Gargano uh, create a quick uh, reunion and eliminate uh, Riddle. Um, and, and on we go um, to the next thing. Here's another here's another. Let me, let me throw my direction of a hypothetical in there. Well, here's another route. Uh, you you have Brock, it's kind of as you said, somebody eliminates Brock, and that's that's a sub story there. You know, what if we're down to the final two or final three, whoever that may be, um, in, in the Rumble match, and uh, you know, lights out, and, and the Fiend appears, and the Fiend eliminates all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, or takes all, or not even eliminates, just takes. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think the fact that you have the Fiend that pops up wherever he wants. I think that there's another aspect uh, that you can throw in there. If you, if you need a creative spin, I think, well, and the thing is, cause the fiend has a match with Daniel Bryan at, at Royal rumble. And that's right. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we will already see him wrestle, but I had the initial thought too, as well, where I was like, well, if Brock's number one, how cool would it be if the fiend was like, well, I'm going to be number two. And you start off with these two powerhouses that everybody has to roll through and you can watch them fight. But 
doesn't make any sense because the fiend already has a match at the royal rumble um i don't what if the fiend's the champion what if what if bray wyatt what if sweater wearing bray wyatt entered kind of like a three faces of foley thing where bray wyatt enters and it's like it's like what a mind trip what happens if bray wyatt wins (laughs) well i guess if bray wyatt had not actually defended the the wwe championship which he has right yeah you know like i think you could i mean because when Mick was those different characters, you know, he they all kind of lived in their own universes. They've blended Bray and, and the Fiend right now, so I don't know if that would work in the same way, but I don't know. I don't want to count it out. It's a fun idea. Uh, well, one yeah. person we know that will not face Lesnar, apparently, allegedly, reportedly, according to the Observer, Brock Lesnar's not going to be facing a returning edge at WrestleMania or in the Rumble. Uh, PW Insider, or maybe not in the Rumble, but not at Mania, at least. PWInsider.com reporting that Edge has been seen at a number of recent WWE TV tapings, but there's no word yet on if it has anything to do with the return rumors, which Edge has denied. Of course he would. Why would you? Why would you confirm those even if he were coming back? What's your What's the pulse say for you? What do you think's gonna ha- What do you think's happening here with Edge? Yeah, I kind of subscribe to the, the old adage of you know when there's smoke, there's fire. Um, yes, I agree. You know he he's you know he he's popping up at 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 a the tapings apparently and he's yeah i mean the, the, this kind of just came out of nowhere and then so it started somewhere you know what i mean i this this doesn't you know this this wasn't this wasn't one of the second rate bs um you know terrible wrestling sites that are out there that just threw a dart against the wall this this has this seems to have substantial you know meat behind it um you know as you said of course he's going to deny it um but yeah, I mean, with the rumble approaching and and with with the rumble approaching and you know WWE constantly in need for big splashes when they do these you know two Saudi shows a year, I, it just yeah, it just seems like um, you know when the smoke is fire. Um, well, uh, the Wrestling Observer reporting there are reportedly no plans uh, for Rey Mysterio and WWE United States Champion Andrade to do a mask versus title match. Of course, on Raw, uh, Andrade ripped Rey's mask off after Zelina Vega uh, knocked uh, was knocked down at ringside during the Rey versus Andrade title match. Uh, Rey later attacked Andrade. He took the match back. Uh, it set up a match between uh, the two that's going to be on this week's Raw. Uh, no word yet on WWE or what WWE has planned for them. Uh, after their feud uh, in next week's match, but it does not look like we are going to go a mask uh, versus title route. Um, and there's no reason to be putting Ray's mask on the line. You know, I don't know. Maybe they. Could. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I spoke a little bit about this after Raw on our live wrestling podcast. I, I mean, the, the Ray mask thing has just been kind of overdone. He's been around for you know, he, he's been around on, on to American wrestling fans on American television for for 25 years. I mean, it's like. We've 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 gone down. I mean, he he performed for a period of time without a mask. I mean, it's just it's kind of. I know what the mask still symbolizes. I get the symbolism of it in 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 the lucha culture, but it, yeah, I I, I it, it just just kind of doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, uh, we got some updates here. Uh, we have an update here about Io Shirai. The Observer reporting uh, that she is not necessarily happy uh, with how she's being used in WWE NXT. Now, uh, the Stardom Women's Wrestling promotion in Japan currently has a goal of bringing back Shirai and WWE's uh, women's tag team champion, uh, Kari Sane, but WWE may bring Shirai to the main roster to try and prevent that from happening. Uh, this year is expected to be a big year for stardom as New Japan Pro Wrestling's parent company, Bushi Road, purchased them last fall and will put a lot of resources and marketing into the promotion moving forward. Uh, Meltzer noted that stardom is uh, looking to try and run bigger shows this year, uh, but they recognize how important it is for them to try to sign 
real stars like Shirai and Sane. Uh, they both are already stars in Japan, uh, but their runs in WWE obviously add to their stardom. Uh, no pun intended. Bushiroad reportedly wants to offer a lot of money to Sane and Shirai to stop them from re-signing with WWE. Uh, and WWE may move Shirai to the main roster as her pay will then go up. Uh, Meltzer noted that Shirai's NXT pay is, quote-unquote, nothing special, but she was making more money in Japan and working less dates, but because that was because of her uh, merchandising pay. Uh, there are no further details on why Shirai is unhappy, uh, but besides the fact that her... Uh, but besides that, she has her fiancé back in Japan. Of course, Shirai and New Japan star Evil are engaged to be married, uh, no word yet on when they're tying the knot, uh, but there's also no official word yet on when Sane and Shirai's WWE contracts expired. Uh, Sane reportedly signed a three-year deal back in March of 2017, with Shirai signing with WWE around the summer of 2018. So a lot of information to take in here. There's really like three stories tied into one story here. It's not just about Eos unhappiness, New Japan's Bushi Road, uh, also making uh, a play into the space here. What What's the biggest takeaway from you when you hear a story like this? Uh, the biggest takeaway for me is that just, you know, today's landscape is while WWE has, you know, more money than they essentially ever have, they don't have the stranglehold of just, be, you know, well, we're WWE, everybody wants to work here. Um, you know, I think especially in this kind of situation, if she's unhappy, you know, if, if this report is true, if she's, if she's not necessarily happy in NXT, I mean, and she's one of the more, and she's a featured talent in NXT. So it's not like she's just sitting around and catering, you know, so if she's not happy with, with being featured the way she is, um, you know, and the money's not tremendous, you know, I don't know if even getting more money, but now you're on the main roster. So now that means you're traveling every week. Whereas, you know, at least with NXT at the moment, you're, you're, you're in Florida, um, and now you got to travel you know, the money might be better, but I mean, she certainly has seen, um, that when you go, when you go to raw and SmackDown from NXT, that the things don't always translate different or you're not always viewed the same way. Or you, I mean, you know, she can just look at Oscar, um, and, and Oscar, you know, had, you know, Oscar was the most dominant female performer in NXT. And then, you know, a after making a, a quick slash and debut to raw and SmackDown, she went basically 18 months of just, you know, in, in purgatory of, 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 of booking, um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of factors here that WWE has to be concerned about. In fact, of that she could get more money, uh, she can make, you know, make considerable more money over Japan, work less. She'd again, be around uh, her, her soon to be husband. Um, yeah, I just, it's just WWE once had, and WWE once had that, you know, it was WWE. So you could just, you, you just, they just could sell themselves on the name alone, but, um, the landscape has changed. Yeah. And there's the other, the, the ball and cup game here, of. Uh... Uh, what is NXT? Is is the NXT not the main roster? Like, I'm a little confused by that because they are all. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, it, so this is. I mean, this it's a, this is a topic that I I, I can't like. I Raj and I actually in, in fun argue about this whenever he and I ever own a podcast together. Uh, he still looks at it as he still often refers consciously as Raw SmackDown as the main roster. NXT's not, and I've I've long since said that that I said that that once NXT gets to you know, to a, to a, to a television deal. And now that they have been, once they got on USA, that they are now considered main roster. In yes. my mind, they, they have equal distribution. hundred percent. So they're considered main roster. Now, now the, 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 the sticking point here is money wise. Now, it, from what I've understood as time has gone on, as the months and the years have gone on, being in NXT, the, the, the pay can be, and sometimes is more, is, is comparable to what a raw or SmackDown star is making. 
uh, once upon a time, it was, you know, if you were in NXT, you were making, you know, considerably less. Um, and in you know, some of the figures I heard, I mean, you know, they, they were, it was nothing. I mean, you were, you were just middle class. It was not, it was not you know, the, the higher end that, you, that you'd be getting if you were made of anyone on Raw and SmackDown. But it seems like that, that gap is starting to narrow. Um, you know, I don't know where her particular money is. I don't, I'm not sure where, what she's at. So, I mean, I, I guess that's still where the, the, the distinction of NXT not being 100% considered main rosters if, I, Your money still is not that because NXT doesn't make the same revenue that Raw and SmackDown do. I, I will say this, and I don't know what you've heard or if this resonates at all with you, but I have heard that there were people expecting uh, significant changes uh, when they made the leap to USA with NXT that did not happen. And um, I do wonder if it is one of those things. And again, I'm just speculating here, but this is just based on other things that I've heard. If Io Shirai, maybe, it, maybe without being told this is what's going to happen. There was like an a, a unsaid ex- expectation of what may be happening with her that just it hasn't manifested in the way she's she's looking for right now. And if you've got a whole other promotion that is looking to kind of make you the the staple of uh, them, and again, like the husband thing is a big one, right? You get to go work with your husband. You know, there's a, there's a lot to there's a lot to take in, I guess, in a moment like that. Sure. Oh, yeah, and, and I think that I think it's probably a very valid speculation. There is that. Yeah, who who knows what what she was, you know, told or, or led to believe. And, you know, I mean, look, I mean, you know, Rhea Ripley has just exploded. She's just, she, she's just exploded in the NXT scene, you know, and that's, and that's just the nature of the wrestling business is you follow where the crowd and everybody's taking you. And it might've been one plan was in place three months ago for Shirai. And then you, know, you just see how things play out. Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, it, I will say this, I will say this. I know that Io Shirai is a big, a big, big star because uh, like two months ago I tweeted out, I think Charlotte Flair may have the best moonsault in WWE. And the EO Shirai fans, uh, the super fans, the stands, the Shirai stands came out in mass to remind me that EO Shirai has the best moonsault in all of WWE right now. Um, so I know there's a very, very fervent, loyal fan base there for her at the moment. So I definitely think she's over. Uh, but again, it's like, you know, what what is it that's going to make you happy? Sure. And, and, you know, another thing is, you know, one of the things we, yeah, and, you know, the, the big compliment that WWE and NXT get, especially when you're putting them side by side AEW, is the women, right? You know, the, the, that's that's one, you know, WWE, the depth they have, the women, the strides they've made to, you know, feet, you know I mean, hell, the women made them into WrestleMania. Um, and that's all great in the big picture of things. But sometimes, you know, I mean, it, what, there's, there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of female participants, right? Now. There's a lot of female talents. So again, that can sometimes, if you're a Shirai, you might look around and say, "Man, you know, there's a lot of focus on a lot of other ladies." And you know, and, and in some respect, you can look at it as, "Okay, this is more people that I can I can make money with." You know, there's that aspect. But then, but then again, if you're like, you know, I'm just gonna kind of be, I'm kind of here one in the shuffle versus again being the person, the you know, the 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 female star that a company builds around. It could be back, you know, my home country. Um, and I don't have to travel as much. I mean, yeah, this, or I don't have to, if, you know, I don't have to work as many dates. I and mean, yeah, that, that, that that's a valid negotiation. Uh, and we to consider. And, and as far as Kari Sane goes, obviously, like we don't know what's up with her right now. Um, I am still very upset with the way that she was handled uh, in that TLC match. Um, I think the match should have been called or ended, or she should have been taken from ringside. So uh, I would understand if she was maybe thinking of an exit as well. So. Um, yeah. A couple other uh, women's wrestling notes here for WWE. Uh, SoCal Uncensored uh, reporting that WWE has reportedly signed uh, Mercedes Martinez, uh, who was trained by Jason Knight, made her ring debut in 2000. Uh, she'd wrestled for Shimmer, ROH, WXW. 
and uh, she was a two-time May Young uh, Classic competitor. She wrestled on NXT on several occasions. She's part of AEW's Casino Battle Royal. Uh, long time coming. Mercedes is a great talent. She'll be she'll be perfect. She'll be great in WWE. I agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, PWInsider.com reporting that WWE Raw superstar Ruby Riot. Uh, she's been at the Performance Center Orlando this week uh, training. Uh, she is not expected to return to action until later this year. Uh, she is likely at the Performance Center to monitor her progress towards getting cleared for action. Uh, she's been out since uh, undergoing double shoulder surgery in 2019. Uh, one operation on her right in May, the same operation on her left in August. Uh, she turns 29 later this week. She hasn't wrestled since May 17, 2019. Uh, and she hasn't wrestled a TV match since losing to Dana Brooke on April 22nd, 2019. So nearly a year now uh, since we've last seen Ruby Riot on TV. Look, I, I, I knew Ruby when she was Heidi Lovelace here in Chicago. Uh, she was a, a breakout star here. Uh, everybody knew that she was going to be big, and it was so great when she finally did land in WWE. Uh, very ups, uh, upsetting to see her uh, up on the shelf as quick as she was. Um, but if uh, these shoulder surgeries, because again, she had she was she had a lot of experience on the indies before she even stepped into a WWE ring. So I hope she takes her time here, gets really healed up, because Ruby has a lot to give. She's got a great look, great presence, good talker. Uh, I could see big things for her if she can be fully healed and, and back on the main roster. Yeah, I'm a big fan of her. I, I, like I said, I, I I think her look. Yeah, I, I love her look. Um, again, kind of you know continuation of what we were just talking about a moment ago with Shirai. You know, whenever Ruby does come back, you know, it's it's a crowded field. So I, I hope that um, you know, the, the, I hope I hope that there is a hope they find a spot for her. Uh, and last but not least, here some Ring of Honor news. Uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet reporting that former Pro Wrestling Gorilla Champion. Jeff Cobb is going to be staying with ROH, but not for a long-term deal. Uh, Cobb signed a per-show basis contract following his initial deal with the company, expiring on January 1st. Uh, Cobb is reportedly uh, very happy with ROH's current product, but he is no longer locked to an exclusive contract with them, allowing him to sign anywhere he pleases. Um, the 37-year-old is set to appear at ROH's center stage event this weekend at a three-way tag. He's also going to be challenging for the ROH World Tag Titles on February 9th with Dan Maff. And... He will be at GCW's Bloodsport 3, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 3, uh, in Tampa on April 2nd, uh, which is one of my favorite shows of the year. Um, just, dude, it's Jeff Cobb. This guy, I I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I for what it's worth, I've heard from a lot of Ring of Honor talent recently that is, like, adamant that they very much like being there, right? Because there was all, all the Joey Mercury stuff, right? And everybody's Kelly Klein stuff. Everybody's very unhappy. I have been hearing more and more from the talent there that, and, and I don't feel like they've got a gun to their head. There's just people that really seem to be happy with ROH. That locker room is very tight-knit at the moment. Um, with that said, if Jeff wants to be there, great. But, man, he is such a talent. He's such a nice guy. Uh, he's got that look. Uh, anywhere he pleases, anywhere they can get him, uh, would be lucky to have Jeff Cobb in their fold right now. Yeah, I agree. Jeff, uh, we've had Jeff here at Pittsburgh at IWC Wrestling, and we actually have him coming back uh, February 22nd at our show here uh, at the Core Time Sports Complex. So if you're in the western Pennsylvania area and get there on February 22nd, you can come see Jeff. He'll be there along with Hardcore Holly. Um, yeah, and Jeff, we've had Jeff before. Yeah, everything you said, he's, he's very good in the ring. He's a you know, nice, soft-spoken guy behind the scenes. I, I remember one, I think I think it was the last show he did with us. His, his uh, luggage actually got lost. And so all of his wrestling gear was, he didn't have his wrestling gear and he had to go out and kind of make do and his wrestling barefoot. And, 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 and he, he did, a, he performed, it was one of the best performances I'd ever seen. And it just, you know, it was just kind of funny because he was kind of a little stressed out that he didn't have his, you know, you know, wrestlers, you know, wrestlers are, you know, they want, they want, they got to feel a certain level of comfort. They want their, 
you know, that they want their tape, their tights, or whatever, you know, boots, whatever, whatever it is that's, that they're used to having. So, um, yeah, you know, he's he's coming here. He's, as you say, he's got a lot of a lot of other places he's going to be, and he's certainly a talent. At 37 years old, you know, I don't know, I, I don't. He's in great shape. I don't know how many more years or what the long term goal or future is, or where he, if 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 he's you know, AEW or WWE is ever in his future, but um, he's a great talent if you can get him and if you can see him. So uh, good, good for him. My guest at this time will defend his Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship against Tessa Blanchard at Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill on January 12th. It is Sammy Callahan. Sammy, thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, yeah. Of course you want me on your show. Again, I'm pretty sure I'm on your uh, show more than anyone at this point. Because I don't know if you saw this. The clip of me and Tessa Blanchard fighting in the streets of that, what, I think 4.2 million views at this point? Yeah. Something, it was big. You guys did big numbers. There's a lot of chemistry with you and Tessa. Yeah, and that's why we're going to main event another pay-per-view, probably have another match of the year candidate, and I'm going to retain my Impact World Championship to go on to the next person because I'm going to go down as being the top Impact World Champion of all time. Well, and, you know, that's the thing, Sammy. Before we get into talking about your match with Tessa here, because you guys have – uh, clash before, although this is the first time for the title. Uh, I wanted you to just take a moment here as we are like only two days into 2020. Can you reflect upon like the last decade for me in your career as a, and where you are right now holding the title at impact wrestling? Yeah. The last decade of my career has been pretty badass, if I have to say so myself. If you really look at them, one of the only guys on the planet that's worked for every major company there is. I've worked for WWE. I've worked for NXT, impact wrestling, ring of honor, Lucha Underground, New Japan, pretty much any of the top promotions I've been there, I've done them. Yeah, and now you are ending the decade here holding the Impact World Championship. I know that you've talked uh, before this moment a lot about how you were looking to become the face of a brand, a big company like Impact Wrestling. How has becoming the world champion affected you? How has it changed you at all? It doesn't affect anything. I've been ready for this pressure my entire career. It's something that should happen to us a lot sooner in my career, but it's something I had to make some changes, do some different things, and now I'm standing before you the Impact World Champion. And you talked a lot before you became champion about how you felt like Impact Management had maybe been holding you an OVE back. Now that you have the top title, has your relationship with Impact Wrestling changed at all? Oh, they like to find me for pretty much anything I do at this point, but they know at the end of the day that they have to keep me around because I'm one of the most watched things, if not the most watched thing on their entire television show. <laughs> Uh, well, and uh, you also now have a redesign here of the belt that you debuted on Twitter a couple nights ago. Talk to me about why, what, what came about, why the, why the new design for the title you'll be putting on the line here. It's a new era for Impact Wrestling, going to Access Television, Access TV, Access, now going into the new millennium 2020, and it's something that I think had to happen. Uh, it was time to get rid of the Impact colors of old, the blue and white, and, uh, and go with something a little more streamlined with the red and black to pretty much show and get the feel of exactly what impact wrestling is now. Well, and you are going to be putting that title on the line here again against Tessa hard to kill. Now you two have clashed before, but the title's never been on the line. How does it change? Things? Yeah. Every time I, every time I've wrestled Tessa, I've beaten her. What makes you think it's going to be any different this time? Well, that's what I'm asking you going into it, knowing that you have the title on the line. Does that change the dynamic at all for you? I don't think it changes anything. It, it just means the same to you. You're as confident walking into this bout as you have with all of the other belts with Tessa before this one. hundred percent. It'd be the same thing. If I was wrestling Brian Cage, the same thing. If I was wrestling Michael Elvin, it'd be the same thing. I'm wrestling anyone on the impact wrestling roster right now. Now, and you, Hell, 
it'd be the same thing if I was wrestling anyone around the world for any company. Now, you you came out when you talked about wrestling, Tessa, here recently on Impact Wrestling and talked about how you are the hero of this story. I thought you made a kind of compelling argument about why that may be. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you see yourself as the good guy in this clash with Tessa? Yeah, I, everyone wants equality in 2020. I'm the first person to actually give it to them. I'm the first person to look as a woman, as an actual competitor, and look at them as equals. And also, I, I feel like more people have stuff in common with me than they do Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard is just another millennial brat has pretty much been able to do whatever she wants, hasn't had to bust her ass for a damn thing. She's been handed everything since day one in every company she's walked into. Now she's been wrestling, I think, four or five, maybe six years at most, and she thinks she's on the same level as me. Yeah, and you mentioned also that you don't see this as necessarily an intergender wrestling match. This is a pro wrestling match for you. Do you feel like that the intergender term is maybe faux pas and it should be retired? 100%. I, I'm sick of the term intergender wrestling because at this point it should just be professional wrestling. I've said this in every interview I've done for the last six months. The term intergender wrestling isn't what we need in 2020. In 2020, everyone needs to be looked at as equals, male, female, uh, whatever you may uh, consider yourself, you need to be considered just a professional wrestler because professional wrestling at the end of the day is supposed to be for everyone, correct? Yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point. That's why I was saying I, I enjoyed hearing you play that out because – you spun this in a way that I don't think a lot of people have spun this, these bouts between you and Tessa up till now. Everyone wants to make it about man versus woman, and I'm about making it about two professional wrestlers at the top of their game going out there and fighting for one of the most grand championships in the entire planet right now. You know, when I look at what the work you're doing with Tessa, you know, part of me thinks back to when you were working with Eddie Edwards and how he went through a radical transition uh, while working with you after you busted his eyeball with the baseball bat. Do you see any similarities here in what you're doing with Tessa and bringing out this different side of her and helping to elevate her through this getting to work several Yeah, I think I've 100% brought out a more aggressive side in Tessa Blanchard because I think anyone that I step in the ring with, they, they change after wrestling because I'm one of the most intense professional wrestlers walking this planet today. And to be able to go in there and go toe-to-toe with me, you've got to match my intensity or I'm going to eat you up. Now, in, you did this with Tessa, and like I said, with Eddie, is there anybody else on the roster right now that you really would look forward to getting to test and push to another level? Oh, I want to wrestle Eddie Edwards again. Me and Eddie Edwards, I don't think, had the proper blow-off that uh, we really deserved, and I think at some point our paths are going to cross once again, and me and Eddie Edwards is going to make magic. Yeah. Um, well, and back to your match here with Tessa. You know, it's interesting that you're putting the title on the line with her. You know, if she were to become Impact Champion, you'd have two women champions at the same time. Do you think that takes away at all from Ty as the Knockouts Champion, uh, with Tessa getting an opportunity like this? I don't think that takes anything away from anyone. Is that saying that the X Division Champion takes something away from the World Championship or vice versa? I think it's just another division. Whatever division you want to enter yourself in, it's the same thing in UFC. If someone wants to drop weight class, gain weight class, enter a different division, it's just a different division that they're entering themselves into at that time. Yeah, and I mean, you've had the chance here to work uh, with a bunch of different uh, people, but most recently before Tessa here, or the match before Tessa, uh, you mixed up with Ken Shamrock. Um, what was it like getting to finally share the ring with the world's most dangerous man? Yeah, I spit in that old man's face, and I proved why I'm the world's most dangerous man. I, I'm pretty sure I got that moniker when I hit Eddie Edwards in the face with a baseball bat. Pretty sure I got that moniker when I cracked Kevin Sullivan's skull in Ohio. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's my moniker to give away now, not his. Well, and on that note, um, you know, I did talk to Ken uh, just a couple weeks ago here for the show, 
And I and I actually brought up this comment to him that you made to me about how if you beat him, you'd become the world's most dangerous man. And he told me that even if you did beat him, it would still be his moniker because he's held that title up for decades now, right? He's been the world's most dangerous man. He's proved himself in so many situations. He didn't feel that you've necessarily done the same thing. I didn't know if uh, you wanted to respond to what he'd said. To I me. think 100% done the same thing. And I think when you look at it, there was a nature boy before there was a nature boy, Ric Flair. Nature boy, Ric Flair took that moniker and made it 100 times better. Can I do the same thing in 2020? I, I don't know. I mean, you're still sharing a locker room with Ken Shamrock. I don't know how he feels about you walking around using that moniker. I don't know if that's a conversation. Yeah, and I made Ken Shamrock pass out all by myself. If Ken Shamrock wants to step to me again, I'll knock his old ass out. Well, you did. You you did. Well, okay. Slow it down a little bit here. Now, you, Madman Fulton played a hand in, in that match here, and he's going to be taking I don't even think after Hard to Kill, Ken Shamrock's ever going to be able to wrestle or fight ever again because I'm letting Madman Fulton off his leash, and I'm going to let him tear him apart. Well, and with that, you know, what's it been like watching Madman Fulton come into his own? Because he is something else, man, when he's on screen. He really fills the place. Supremely underrated. A guy that uh, really got down in the dumps being somewhere else, got pushed and pushed and pushed, and never got to become what he could be. And then coming to Ohio, coming to Impact Wrestling, I feel like that the sky's the limit for Madman Fulton at this point because in the next year or two, I think he's going to be one of the top guys in all professional wrestling. I mean, he, he. I mean, do you do you ever feel intimidated? I mean, like you're the champion right now, but of course you you've got him on your side. If he were to you know ever flip or anything like that, he he'd be some tough competition. Well, I'm not really afraid of anybody, and I know at the end of the day we'd both be scratching and clawing. That's the thing with me. When when someone's not intimidating, it's 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 really hard for them to be scared. I am not a person that gets intimidated easily. Hell, I don't even know the last time I was actually intimidated. Well, you were in the, let's get back to this match here with Shamrock because you say you, you made him tap out. He, you know, he was attacked by Madman Fulton during the bout, but you were also in the ankle lock at one point. It looked like you had tapped out in the middle of the ring as well to Ken Shamrock. No, I was trying to get, I was trying to get my bearings. I was trying to get a hold of the canvas, get myself to the ropes because I know ring awareness. Okay. Well, fair. He, he did still push you though. Look, did, all that matters is if, look at the record books. Look at the record books. I mean, you, you walked away with the victory there. I'm just saying what we all saw, you know, on TV. 100%. Case closed. All right. Well, uh, do you have any advice for Madman Fulton as he goes into this bout here with Ken Shamrock? I can't give Madman Fulton any advice. I, it, it's hard enough to get him, to let, get him to listen to us to begin with, and now I'm letting him off his leash. So there might be a murder on uh, on his on his hands at the, after Hard to Kill, and that's going to be on Impact Wrestling because they're the ones that put him in the ring. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, flipping back here to Impact Wrestling and Management, uh, the Chris, Dave and Jake Chris, uh, fellow OVE members, you and Madman Fulton have high-profile matches on this show, but to the best of my knowledge, I don't think that they have any matches announced for Hard to Kill yet. How, how do you feel about these guys not being booked right now for the big show? I guarantee they're going to be there. Okay. Do you think that- I've already seen their plane tickets. I know they're going to be there that weekend. Okay. Do you, do you think that there is there a match that you think would make sense for them to be on the show? I mean, how do you feel about them not being booked on the show? I think they should be added into the tag team championship match because they pretty much in the tag team championship gauntlet to see who faces tag team champions at a hard to kill. They pretty much dominated everyone. And Rich Swan and Willie Mack pulled a quick one over. Yeah, and, and that's somebody I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Rich Swan in this match here obviously you know didn't accept your invitations uh, months ago when you tried to bring him into OVE. How do you think things are going for him now with Willie Mack? 
things are going great, and that's the thing that pisses me off the most. As much as I want to hate on Rich Swan, you really can't. Because at the end of the day, he's one of the most talented individuals in this entire business, not just as a wrestler, but at anything he'd ever try. He's instantly good at anything he ever tries to do. And he's a guy that's going to mess around and probably end up becoming a Triple Crown champion in Impact Wrestling. Hmm. Uh, well, somebody else I wanted to ask you about uh, going into Hard to Kill is uh, ODB. Uh, she's uh, you know one of the original Impact Knockouts. She's back in the fold here. She's going to be going for Taya's Knockouts Championship. What's it been like having ODB in the mix? How do you feel about her return to Impact Wrestling? ODB is a bad bitch, and I wouldn't be surprised if she beats Taya. Taya, another bad human being that I've been in the ring with, and I know exactly what she's capable of. But uh, the longer you hold a championship, the harder it is to keep it. I think that's one of those things. It's just a matter of time before someone flips a quick one over good old tire well and if it's not odb you got jordan grace in the bout as well i mean talk to me about jordan grace you know she's such she's she's created such a luster around herself here in such a short amount of time and i feel like she's just such a shiny star in the knockouts division right now yeah that's why impact wrestling has most likely the best women's division in all of wrestling right now because any of the knockouts could step in there and go toe-to-toe with any of them in any given time well, uh, on that note, uh, one of the women in uh, Impact Wrestling that's certainly been a uh, subject of a lot of gifts alongside RVD is Katie Forbes. Uh, how, <laughs> well, what do you think about the change in RVD's personality and some of the stuff that he's been uh, doing in the Impact locker room with Katie Forbes? Well, the dude's in his 50s. He's done pretty much everything. I don't think there's much for him to prove or to do at this point. So at this point, you just got to let him do whatever the fuck he wants to make sure that he keeps coming back to television. And this former RVD, I think this has been RVD all along, and you guys are just getting a chance to see it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, you guys are on Access TV now. Uh, first of all, how, how has it been, like, the transition to Access TV? Do you feel more comfortable on the new platform? 100%. I think over the next year, things are just going to get bigger and better. The more people that sees us, the more people that sees WWE, the best wrestling program in all of wrestling right now. It's just going to be the next step of Impact Wrestling becoming truly great again. Well, as a champion, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, obviously, Anthem owns Access TV now. Uh, any talk of you maybe doing your own thing? Do you have any show ideas? Is this something you've pitched to management? You never know. I'm always working on stuff. I'm always editing stuff. I'm always being a content creator. Uh, where I end up in five years from now, ten years from now, hell, you never know what I'm going to do. But at the end of the day, I have a bag of tricks and I have a set of skills that will keep me valuable for a long time. Well, and on that note, we are in the new decade here, 2020. What are your goals this year, Sammy? What do you want to accomplish in Impact Wrestling? Become the greatest Impact Wrestling champion of all time. I think I made that pretty clear. Uh, well, January 12th, uh, Impact Wrestling heads to Dallas, hard to kill. Uh, Sammy, is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview today? Um, not really. What I'd like to tell everyone, 2020, Happy New Year's, and go kiss my ass. Thank you so much, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk all the news the past 24 hours. And thank you so much to Sammy Callahan and Impact Wrestling for setting that one up. This Sunday night, it goes down. Impact Wrestling's hard to kill. I'll be there in Dallas as Sammy Callahan puts that title on the line against Tessa Blanchard. How do you feel? What do you think? Is it the right time for them to pull the trigger, put the belt on Tessa this Sunday? Uh, yeah, why not? You know? I don't know. Building that, I mean, Sammy's still a fresh champion. You know, I think it's, I, I've seen a lot of people say they're going to put this title on Tessa. I mean, him and Tessa have had battles before. Sammy has traditionally come out on top. I would be upset if Tessa took it, but Sammy's doing a good job right now. Uh, I think that the work he does with OVE, I think him picking up Madman Fulton. Have you have you seen Madman Fulton in Impact Wrestling? 
I have not. Dude, go find that guy, and then you're going to be like, cool, how do I book him? He's huge and very athletic. Um, anyway, uh, it'll be a very interesting bout. Um, and speaking of Tessa Blanchard, we are actually going to have her here on tomorrow's episode of The Winkley. Uh, so you will get to hear from her. Uh, we're going to talk all about her match with Sammy Callahan, what it's like to be one of the, the leaders of the forefront of the women's revolution right now, uh, and, uh, and everything else. So I'm very excited to bring you that interview. But on top of that... We have another interview. We're going to get a double interview tomorrow to close the week out. Of course, this Saturday night, MLW's uh, Zero Hour. Mance Warner is going to battle Jimmy Havoc in a barbed wire match. I always love talking to Mance Warner, and uh, he will be on the show here tomorrow as well. Tessa Blanchard and Mance Warner, I really could not think of a better duo to help uh, wrap the Winkley up this week. Uh, So, again, I'll be in Dallas covering both those shows. We're going to get a little sample of both of them tomorrow on the show. Um, and if you like this show and you like all of our shows, uh, go over to the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Give us a nice five-star rating or subscription. Uh, Justin, what do you want to plug, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Follow me on social media and join me tonight after AEW and NXT. Uh, myself, Matt Morgan, Glenn Rubenstein. Uh, we had Monday night. We were all together for post-Raw. And, uh, you know, I have a great chemistry with you. I love doing the Winklies here with you. Doing those, you know, it's a little late for Matt and I. It's past 11 o'clock on the East Coast when we're doing the Raw. But we had one of what, what many of the fans said and, and showed by their tips and donations for one of the best post uh, you know, WB podcast. We really had a lot of fun. So um, hopefully you'll join us uh, just like you're doing now. You'll join us later tonight live on YouTube and all the other platforms uh, as we talk about the Wednesday Night War this week. All right. And uh, I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you again so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.